Hello. Welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. My name is Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops. This is a show that will try to give you a different point of view on the strange, the unusual, and the normal. Today, I have decided to talk about the astral. Perhaps you've never heard of it. Others may know that, that it exists, but do not really understand what it is. So I'm going to spend a little while explaining it to you. When we die, we imagine we pass back to heaven, and there we find all things wonderful. Some people believe that we all sit on the right-hand side of God. And of course that would be wonderful too, but um, just how many people are going to sit on one side, leaving the other side empty? The truth is that when we pass out of body, we do seek the light. And as we pass through that light, we reconnect with old friends who actually live in the astral. So what is the astral? It is an etheric energy that is created by the spirit consciousness of everything that exists in the oneness. The oneness is everything that God has created. Now since we cannot debate how God is and how the oneness was created, we do have lots of religious ideas, angels, archangels, cherubim and seraphim as Christians. Of course, other religions around the world also have their ideas. The common link between them all is an understanding that there was a beginning. There were manifestations of God in different forms who seemed to be demigods of different kinds who all seemed to have a connection with the earth. And one by one, they all fell upon the earth, learned to live here, and then somehow seemed to ascend back into what is heaven, the oneness. So, what is the astral? It is a place, shall we say, in time and space that has no time and space. It is a place where there are levels of ascension. For a simple analogy, we'll call them seven planes of evolution. The first plane of evolution was and is a very dense, dark energy. Imagine you are thousands of feet below the ocean with no swimsuit, no protection of any kind, naked and exposed to this pressure, an enormous pressure that compresses you so much so that all you know is an existence under pressure. And in that existence, you barely know you exist. Yet, there is some small glimmer of light within you that causes you to search for something else, something outside of yourself. And through that need to search, you bump into someone else. And bumping into that other form, become conscious. And in becoming conscious, begin to integrate that awareness through different levels of ascension until you reach the second plane. 
In the second plane, there your consciousness has moved into a sense of feeling. You have developed form, a form that is your own by your own choice. And there you begin to integrate in different ways to experiment, to find out what your form can do. It's rather like being an amoeba, shifting and changing, constantly aware that if you do something, you become something else. As you move through that plane, you ascend in consciousness through seven more levels to arrive on the third plane. By the time you arrive at the third plane, you have a form, you have a body. In the very beginning of this plane, you may find yourself believing that your form is limited and restricted. To understand it, let's think about a human form that is absolutely deformed. If you were born into a body like that, and had not seen a formed human being, you would not think it strange. In a way, on the third plane in the first level, the forms that are there accept their shape, yet something in them drives them to want to purify that shape. At the same time, they begin to search for more awareness of mind and emotion and have the glimmer of a spiritual consciousness, a sense of belonging to something else. Through those seven levels, they ascend into an awareness of human form. And at that point, their spirit body takes on the form that is something we all know. It looks like an angel. And in coming into human form, each one of these spirit angels is tested. And over time, on earth, they learn to fall from grace and yet to rise up again towards a greater ascension. By trial and error on earth, one learns all about the fourth plane of evolution and ascension. This world is the test that we must all enter into in order to evolve. And each time that we incarnate on earth, we will either fall back to the third plane or rise up towards the fifth. Time after time, eons of time passes in terms of our consciousness, we pass back and forth evolving. And when we finally arrive on the fifth plane, we have become light beings. There on that plane, we share the awareness of divine love, the awareness of compassion and joy with all those who are still arising in the procreation that God has given us to ascend into spiritual beings. Through the seven levels of the plane, on the fifth plane, we find the cherubim, seraphim and ascended ones who are without doubt the most elite of our consciousness. And yet there is more to come, for if we could enter the sixth plane of evolution, where all form is forgotten, 
where all form is assimilated in unity into light, and where consciousness is only concerned with assimilation back into the form that was God the Creator, then our awareness of those levels of evolution will be lost, for if we could remember it, we would not be in embodiment. And by the time we enter the seventh level, the plane of evolution, the seventh plane, is oneness with God. And from there, we can only describe it as an enormous orgasm of acceptance, of joy and pleasure in being God. While I describe these things, sometimes I have to think deeply about what I want to say to choose my words. It's not easy to speak about something that very few of us know about. But if we go back in time, to ancient times, to the old prophets, they in their own ways described heaven. They described the ascending angels. They also describe what we call hell. But what is hell? Hell is a way of slipping back into the darkness, into what was, what we have been, and what we have done. Hell is to be blocked from ascension, to be tied down in the old ways. Most of us have passed that point of no return. Did we ever have a point of ascension blocked from us? No. But in our earthly consciousness, many of us thought that we did. In ancient times, it was decided by many that, according to the life you lived, you would definitely be cast in the fires of hell. And should you be cast there, you would be absorbed into flame and lost for all time. With the coming of Christ and with other great leaders, we learn to understand that no one was forgotten, no one was destroyed, no one was cast out. We were taught to understand that we as spiritual beings all carried enough credit to continue to ascend back into the oneness. So let me take you into a dynamic point of view that perhaps you've never thought about. If God is the almighty perfect being who created us and who brought us into form, how then can God be both negative and positive? What part of God was actually in disassociation of itself? Quite simply, it was the emotion of existence. Imagine yourself sitting on a chair, feeling the oneness is all within you and around you. You are perfect in all form, shape, in every substance of any existence you can think of. At first you might be pleasured by this, but after a while you may become bored, wanting to find something else, having a sense of a need to explore, to go beyond your boundaries to find something strange, unusual or different. So in this understanding, God separated a part of itself to explore. And that part of itself became the descending fragment of God, the part of God 
that was negative, while the remainder stayed behind, passive and positive, watching and observing. Over eons of time, the separated part of God descended and separated and descended and separated. It followed the original pattern of separation until billions of fragments were about and all those fragments were tied together in density so dark, so depressing, so lost and yet still encoded deeply within to the light, to the passive part of God that was still watching and observing. This experiment went on for a very long time, something that we can't even begin to understand. But there came a time when the passive part of God realized the experiment had gone far enough and it was time to call the negative part of itself back to its positive self and combine to become one again. And so in the stillness of the dark, in this great pressure of negativity, came a calling to all those dark, separated fragments to return home. And one by one, in their own time, evolved. By consciousness of existence, by interaction with other fragments, slowly an awakening occurred. And with that awakening, a birthing of desire. And through desire, a purpose. A purpose to exist beyond nothing. A purpose to overcome negativity. The feelings of being lost, separated and forgotten. And so this journey began of ascension. And little by little, Fragments that had been separated began to join. And as they joined and united, so greater awareness occurred. Until ultimately, the planes of Iluva, so ultimately, the planes of evolution began to manifest communication, harmony, and peace in some way shape or form. Now that you know the full story, you can begin to understand how it has been imperative that through ascension of the first three planes, the spirit awareness was evolving to a point where it needed to come into some kind of form. That form took on many shapes and sizes, from humans to animals to trees and plants. Everything that you see around you is a part of God, the part that was separated from the passive part. And it too, in its own time, will return to God, so that the earth will be no more. But not until every one of us, human, living creatures has returned in ascension to the fifth plane. At this moment in time we are all thinking about life and death 
and we all wonder if we are spiritual or not. Some people still think that when they end their life, it is the end of their existence. Why? Because they cannot touch or feel their own spirit. But those of us who are more involved with spiritual ascension can feel ourselves, are aware of our spirit bodies, and can use our psychic senses to feel whatever we need to feel about other spirits, other fragments in embodiment, or spirit guides, archangels, etc. Those of us who attune to the hierarchy of oneness make limbs light and feel a presence. But it does little for our conscious mind that has no understanding of that kind of life or that kind of existence. So we fall back into our awareness of the earth and from there we believe that heaven or the astral must be exactly the same as earth. And as it is that we are given the power of creation as indeed God has, the mirror image of his divine essence. So we have the ability in the spirit world to create whatever we want. So if on earth you have been thinking that you would like to have a large castle with lots of money, and you have been obsessed with that idea throughout your life, then when you pass over into the spirit world and think about this, your wonderful house and all the money you've craved for is there. And yes, at first you'll enjoy it and you'll be very pleased with it until you too become bored by it. And when you do, you will say, this experiment has gone far enough. I need to find something else to do. I need a new experiment. And of course that is in the mirror image of God. Finding a new epiphany means finding a new way. Now, if you were to live a life on earth where you were a monk and you lived in sacrifice, never eating much, umming and ahhing all day long to your own voice, wondering why God doesn't speak to you, trying so hard to be spiritual, then when you pass over, yes, you'll find yourself still in that life, trying to get God to communicate with you. And after a length of time, you'll find yourself once again saying, why am I sitting here doing this? There must be something else to do. Well, the good news is that whatever kind of life you have lived, when you try to live it in the spirit world, there is always a time when what you have created in the ethers will disperse. Why? Simply because you've had enough of it. And once it's gone, then you will find yourself creating something else. Whatever you decide to create will be something that you can enjoy, hopefully. However, let's see what happens in the lower astral. Let's say you have lived on earth with hardships. You have been enslaved 
by people, meaning bondage, and you believe that God has forgotten you and that there is nothing more. Well, you will wake up in the astral with nothing more. Maybe your mind has created a plane of darkness with thunder and lightning, monsters that come and howl at you in the night. Or maybe you create a barren land where there is no water, nothing to give you sustenance. Of course, it won't be long before your spirit self kicks in and you start to realize, this is my fantasy. This is my illusion. As time goes by, you reach out, you call out for help, and when you do, those who come from the upper astral will come to your rescue. They will ask you what you need, and when you are ready, they will take you from the misery, the pain, and the suffering that you have created, and show you an alternative. They will show you a world of joy and pleasure. In the upper astral, you will find halls of learning, halls of health and healing. You will find halls of music, halls of divine um, pleasure that we call... In the oneness, you will find halls of learning, beautiful places that are like palaces, it's always filled with I can't do this I'm going to start again in the upper astral you will find beautiful buildings halls of wisdom and knowledge where individuals can come and sit and contemplate the lives they have lived and their lives between lives where as a spirit entity they have enjoyed the pleasures of the upper astral. In these halls of learning, one can hear all the music that has ever been played, or listen to all the lectures that have ever been given, or study anatomy and physiologies of the world. Whatever you decide that you're interested in, it is available to you. In the upper astral, people congregate for different reasons. Some people still like to go to church, while others like to bathe in an ocean of energy, or walk amongst flowers that charge the aura. There are many things in the upper astral that are delightful for the spirit, and it is here that the spirit rests and contemplates themselves. No one forces them to make decisions. But ultimately they make a choice to seek the counsel of wise ones who are called ascended masters. And there they begin to contemplate a return to the earth. Whatever they decide to do, it will be to continue a lesson. That lesson may be to understand power and to use it well or to understand humility and to give freely to the world. Some may return as teachers, while others may be students 
who are willing to discover the ways of the world. Whatever they choose to do, they will make promises with friends, other spirits who will become their family and who will give them guidance in different ways on earth. We spoke about promises last time. I would like to remind you that my email is drmrogersvancoops at gmail.com and my website is www.sumarisenter.com sumarisenter.com You can write to me to discuss this topic. You can share your points of views. I'd love feedback. So let's get back to the astral. When anyone congregates in the astral, there is always a great deal of energy. Wonderful concerts charge everyone, and that energy is often sent to the earth to help heal and bring about peace on earth. That kind of energy is something that we can still tap into when we are incarnated. Our spirit guides can bring that kind of energy to us. There are many levels within the upper astral, just as there are many levels within the lower astral, and we must pass through all 14 levels. There is no judgment about when, how, or why you should do it. There is only a longing to pass through it and to ultimately ascend onto the sixth and then the seventh plane. Why are spirit guides so concerned with our evolution? It's simple. If we do not evolve, then we hold them back from their own ascension. In return for that, we must also remember that we must help those who have lagged behind us. We must spiritually reach down and help them evolve too. It is an ever-evolving chain of evolution. Nothing from the highest part of God to the lowest part of self will be forgotten by God. Every fragment must return and make a whole. And when all is whole, then God will once again sit and contemplate all that has occurred. And through this experiment will once again tell self how wonderful and marvelous God is. The I am of God is. It exists and is content. Until the next time. Over the years, I have come out of body and gone into the astral. I have delved into the dark side of it and I have risen into the higher vibrations of it. This has been my journey in order to help other people understand that it occurs. Some people say to me, I have meditated and I have tried to really reach the oneness, but nothing happens. In order to connect, we must face our fears. We must overcome terror, the terror of falling back into the darkness. 
We must believe in our personal power as a spirit entity to stand our ground and to evolve. While we are on earth, there are many people who tell us we're not good enough. Never believe them. Never listen to their points of view. They are negative and they pull you down. Instead, tap into your spirit consciousness. Tap into your higher mind that is your spirit awareness. Listen to your inner wisdom as it flows into your brain as an intuition, an instinct that tells you there is more to you than just the body that you focus on. Your spirit body will take on the form of your human body when it returns to the spirit world. Your friends and family will recognize you and will be waiting for you. They never forget you once they leave the earth and they will wait for you to return. And once you all get together, you will all contemplate the life you've lived and you will each help one another to understand your personal lesson. Some of the people you think that are not nice, you will realize have actually been the people who have made you grow the most. And when you meet them again, you will love them for what they've done. There are no enemies in the oneness. There is no judgment. Everything is accepted as a part of God's growth. And you are God. And on this note, I will leave you to contemplate this understanding that the astral is truly your home and that God is truly within you. And nothing that anyone says can stop you from knowing that and believing it, including your own lower self brain. So trust your spirit. Walk in the way of the oneness and be sure to contact your spirit guides and loved ones in dreams and in hopes and prayer. Whatever you believe, whatever you think, just know that in the oneness you are included, your prayers are heard, your relatives know what you're doing, and everyone is supporting you. You are never alone, because God is a part of you, and you are God in form. So enjoy your life, and be proud of your existence. Never put yourself down. Always think of the light, and bathe in the light. Walk in the way of the oneness. Next time I will be talking about animals. I have some interesting news for you. I will be giving a one-day post-conference introductory workshop on my crystal acupuncture and teragram therapies. I'll be doing it at the World Mysteries Conference in Tempe, Arizona on October the 12th. If you would like to attend and get a certification, please contact me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com or go directly to www.worldmysteriesconference.com 
that is spelt as it sounds, and there you can enroll. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye.